Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, and I'm just here for the elder abuse. <laughs> Today we're talking about Minute 15, which begins with the moron giving her everything and ends with an inquiry about Barton. Back on the show, we have Philip Matas. Hello, Philip. Hello, Andy and Pete. Thank you for having me. We wouldn't want to continue this conversation about this scene without you, because it is, yeah. uh, we're really getting into the good stuff here. This minute, uh, it starts with, uh, you know, this, this conversation between Natasha and Colson. And my favorite moment from this entire conversation, where she says, I'm in the middle of an interrogation, and this moron is giving me everything. And then Lushkov has that look on his face where he's, it is broken English. I not give everything. <laughs> that to me is priceless. And then, and then her, and then her reverse her, reaction yes. of like, seriously? Yeah, right. You really think so, buddy? Yeah. He's like, are you kidding? <laughs> so good. She plays this really perfectly. And, and I think we get so many, like her, just the way she uses her face on this call, the way she guides Luchkov with her eyes, the way she nods just gently and has him do whatever she wants him to do. Uh, it, it's just perfect. I, I don't, I, I don't know that we call out scarlett johansson just enough in this movie as because she's really very very good at at what she does and being able to embody this character and and make it feel real and lived in and going back to the reason why i chose these minutes i think that was a big reason why because i remember being so surprised like i i really liked tony stark but who didn't um i liked captain america a lot more than i thought i would coming out of uh his movie thor i was like okay sure thor um and and the hulk <laughs> i knew about but like i said my introduction to black widow in these movies was not awesome so she was the real surprise uh of like oh th this is and, and it's it's one of those things too it's like you knew who scarlett johansson was but without putting any <laughs> real research into this it kind of feels like this was her becoming a movie star you know like she she be she was already known but this is like oh we should be making scarlett johansson movies yeah i mean and, and she's definitely uh, she had been around for quite a while but she's this is definitely to your point i mean it's just like same thing with robert downey jr like he had had a full career through the 80s and then in the 90s he was a you know an oscar nominee and then the drugs kicked in and he kind of went down a really dark road for a long time and so iron man was kind of a way to say oh yeah robert downey jr and he's great and same <laughs> thing here scarlett johansson it's just like oh i've seen her in all sorts of things i mean she's a girl with a pearl earring and things like that but then all of a sudden it's like oh and she knows how to do all of this stuff. I mean, it's, it's kind of a thrill to kind of see these actors shaped into this new thing that they seem to click with. And to the, you know, a, a point of casting with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they've done an exceptional job in all of their principal characters. I can't think of a one that I feel is miscast. Like, I just, I feel like they have such an incredible group of of stars at all sorts of levels uh that just are doing great things in and having clearly having fun within this space a friend of mine and i would often have a debate as to who the mvp of the marvel cinematic universe was 
And we had to eventually, like, you could no longer say, like, the casting department. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. because that was too easy. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're exactly right. Um, and even the ones that maybe they didn't get so great or, you know, weren't working out, they somehow kind of traded up. Like, they recast Rhodey and the Incredible Hulk. Right. You know, it was like, like, I liked those actors. Sure. But, I mean, given the choice, it was like, yeah, I'd rather Don Cheadle. Yeah, know? right. <laughs> like, yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. I mean, well, Mark, I, I don't want to. Yeah, but definitely Don Cheadle. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, I was starting to think, I was like, would I really take, would I really take Ed Norton? No. And they've, they did such an excellent job up and down. And then in things like, I didn't know Chris Hemsworth before this movie, uh, before these movies. And now I was like, I'll never live without him. He's so fantastic. <laughs> um, they're, it's, it's really well done. And, and to this movie's credit too, and, and this scene in particular, I mean, it helps that we're, I'm literally here for only this part of it, but it does just feel like a Scarlett Johansson Black Widow showcase. Like, there's a million ways they could have done it. Most of them would have been not great. And this one is just superb. It's so great. How do you feel the her character arc has been over the course of the, the whole MCU? Do you, do you feel like they treated her well over the course of it? Do you feel like there are a lot of other high points with her character? Uh, there are other high points, although I don't know if I'd say there's much of an arc. Um, not that I need it necessarily for superheroes all the time but i i think this movie signifies her settling in to the character sort of the way that thor ragnarok is when hemsworth settled into thor gotcha you know it's like here here in this movie he's pretty good but he's nowhere near the levels of like like weird giddy delight that people have <laughs> with thor in later movies Robert Downey Jr. seemed to settle in pretty quickly. Evan seemed to settle in pretty quickly. These guys did okay, but then this was a part where it was like, oh, got it. And so then when she shows up again in Winter Soldier, just about every scene's a delight. And in most of uh, Age Ultron, every scene is really fun and interesting. The only criticism I had for later movies was like, not enough of her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, like Infinity War, they I have a whole thoughts about infinity war but i feel like they kind of sidelined her a bit uh for that but i i've always liked seeing her show up ever since th these minutes i think that gets to part of the reason that i think I, I get frustrated as much as i i love to celebrate as you say the casting department like they're not mvp because they're like lifetime hall of famers like you can't pick them anymore yeah. they're so good yeah. right but <laughs> but like if there was ever a character that felt like this was just marvel running back and forth with own goals and fumbles and all like all the other sports metaphors you can come up with it's it's <laughs> black widow like she just like yeah talk about such a i i think they they started building this character at a time when there was so much skepticism about a singular um woman superhero uh operating in a, at a time without a man 
And it's mm-hmm. like to the point where I it wasn't this movie. I think it was the next one where this they they wouldn't what the controversy around re- not releasing a Black Widow action figure, um, you know, because they didn't think the boys would like it. Like, it's just the whole culture of not being able to understand Black Widow and not understanding the appeal of Black Widow to to kids, to families, to everyone. And as a result. Marvel just fumbled the ball repeatedly, like not giving us a Black Widow movie when we needed a Black, when the character needed a Black Widow movie and having to do it in hindsight. I mean, it just didn't, it, it didn't, it, it didn't play. So I, I find that personally deeply frustrating uh, about the character. I agree. And bringing it back to this minute again, I realized watching this that Black Widow's fight scenes turned out to be some of the only fight scenes I ever really care about. Because a lot of times, I mean, they're mostly fun and, you know, you see him swing around and okay, great. But it is a lot of like super powered people versus super powered people. And it's hard to relate. Yeah. But this is like a mini Jason Bourne movie for 40 seconds. And it's really fun to watch a person, sometimes Scarlett Johansson, sometimes whoever it is, doing those things and being like, I can see how a human being would do that, but I don't know many that can. And so to my, my frustration of later things is especially like in her own movie is I think a, you're right. It was like, it was just so late in the game for them to realize this, but B didn't need more explained about her backstory necessarily. I kind of just wanted to see her do more missions maybe. And, and so I didn't, yeah, a lot of that doesn't quite, I don't quite jibe with entirely uh for you know you can talk about it in 10 years time by the time you get to it or whenever but uh but yeah i i enjoy whatever version of this that i get like tell me i'm not alone i remember so much about this movie as it surrounds us the singular stunt move in this minute where she jumps backward does that flip and lands on the chair to break the chair into pieces to break it and then immediately after that immediately after that she does the the thing where she falls on her head and springs back up Uh, those those two moves back to back are extraordinary like hero stunt moves uh and uh, i think just celebrate to to your point about what makes her action sequences memorable and uh fantastic and they're well like my any chance i get to bag on the filmmaking of the later movies they're well shot here like i it's funny to say or it sounds so lame but it's like i can clearly see what's happening you know (laughs) that she yeah that she lands on her back and it always makes me kind of queasy because i think she hits her head but she just catches her head with her hands to then push herself back up to then kick the guy again and it's like that's awesome it looks so good yeah heidi moneymaker is her stunt double she was her stunt double in uh, iron man 2 also and i believe through the rest of the uh rest of the time that she's with the mcu she's a fantastic stunt worker and that flip the the chair flip that she does i mean it's it's crazy to see how that works but she like flips while she's tied to a chair so that she lands on on the chair on a person shattering the chair and then taking pieces of it to beat someone else up and then what I love so much about that next attack when she when she falls to the ground and then springs back up and then charges the guy, she wraps her legs around his head and and then throws herself backwards to 
flip him over her. And the camera, the position of the camera goes vertical in that particular moment. So we actually yes. watch it from a different angle. And it's just, it's a thrill to see how it plays. And like, I, I went back and rewatched that camera shot a number of times because it was just so exciting to see the construction of the scene because it's so well put together. Like, I can't get over this action sequence. And Pete, you heard me complaining about the first action sequence, especially the car chase in the tunnel, which I'm like, okay, so she drove backwards for a little bit. It just felt kind of... <laughs> flat it didn't feel very exciting sure but then you cut to this and for a non-superhero suddenly as you said philip we're like in a jason Bourne movie we're in something totally different and it's so exciting this is top-notch action sequence right here i love the way that this scene plays out i want to say two things about that number one i'm really glad you pointed out that camera completely like 90 degree changed I I had never noticed it before. And I've watched this movie a bunch of times. I've never noticed it until going it going through it a minute by minute. I'm like, huh, the camera totally goes aside. <laughs> and then it's like, it's not even a Dutch angle. It's a full, yeah. full tilt. Right. Uh, I have to, I have one other thing that I never really noticed until watching it this time, which is it it is a nitpick or a possibly a flaw in the fight that at one point she she headbutts somebody by flipping her head back, but she kind of just hits him with it with her hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <That's... laughs> which maybe she has lead lined hair. I don't know, but it, it, it's kind of like I don't know if that lands, but it works fine for the for the scene. But in watching it now in microcosm, I'm like, eh, she kind of just maybe she hit his eyes <laughs> with her hair that could hurt. <laughs> That'd be funny if all he does is just back up and start trying to rub his eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't oh, have that. <laughs> that is one of those, uh, you know, so many times punches and and things that uh, stunt actors do in the shot are designed to look like they contact by position of the camera. And that is one of those where it's supposed to look like she, because of the position of the camera, when she swings her head back, it's supposed to look like she nails him in the face. But it also looks like she's way too far from him. So it yes. totally just looks like she's just she's giving him a flick of the hair. And he's like, oh, my eyes. My yeah, eyes. you're right. <laughs> to to their credit, though, I do think it works. And I'm reminded there's there's some YouTuber. I think it's called Accented Cinema. And it, uh, he primarily talks about Asian movies, uh, uh, East Asian, you know, like Japanese and uh, Chinese and Hong Kong action movies and stuff like that. And he has this really it's it's a really interesting series. And it talks about he has a couple videos on fight choreography and a big part of it is clarity of moves, but also, and I think it's on one of the ones he talks about with Jackie Chan where Jackie Chan is really good at selling that he has been hit. Like even if he hasn't been, he really like does it. And that's part of what makes the impact. So kudos to, I I forget if it was tall goon or Weasley goon, (laughs) but at least he's selling it. Like he timed it right. He might be a foot or two farther away, but he is like really falling back and reeling from whatever he has been struck with, whether it's hair or the back of her skull. Right, right, right. Though, yeah, it, it's a it's such a fun sequence, and then to punctuate it in such a fun way with a cutaway to Phil as he's <laughs> on his phone. Just listening to it, like listening to elevator music, (laughs) except it's the most exciting fight ever. (laughs) Right. You know, you get that sort of comedy in the Marvel superhero films. Like this is what I think 
uh, DC never quite caught on to is the idea that people love having some laughs when they're watching these things because it plays in such a funny way, like a little moment like that. And I mean, yeah, it, it I don't know. I, I love seeing Phil as we cut to him as he's just kind of standing there patiently on hold waiting, <laughs> waiting well, for her. And, to finish and that's, up. I love it too. And I, and I also love realizing here that her last line before she starts fighting these guys, is, let me put you on hold, which is like this low key, awesome, badass line, you know, to <laughs> be like, yeah, that's, the subtext is I'm going to go kick the crap out of these guys, but let it's, let me and, put you on hold. And right. then he is on hold and right. it won't take very long. Right. Like that's it such a power <laughs> move. Like when you put you on hold, there are three giant guys here and this won't take very long. <laughs> you know, don't uh, worry. It, it plays so well. It plays so well. And then of course she ties up Luchkov, tosses him off the, I don't know, the giant hole that they have in whatever reason for this, uh, this floor. And she grabs her high heels and walks off. And then it comes back to where's Barton now as she as she picks up the phone. And this whole thing is the reason that she shifts her view on all this is because of this connection to Barton. When Agent Coulson says Barton's been compromised, that is her cue that, oh, there's more afoot here. And uh, so it's an interesting trigger. And obviously, that's going to give us a sense of this relationship between um, her and Barton that really lasts all the way through to Endgame and beyond. And um, I like the the way that we get this sense of importance here. I think that it plays well. I don't have a constructive criticism for this, but I do have a question, which is going to come out snarky. <laughs> but is is Hawkeye the first character like side character that we only care about because a more charismatic character cares about them that we've seen. Like the the oh. prototype of this is going to be uh, when Bucky comes back as winter soldier. Yeah. Cause I am, I am always of the mind and I, and I feel I'm in the minority here, but I'm totally the mind of like, we only care about this guy because captain America does. Yeah. Like it's something it's something that happens in that one movie, but then this guy keeps showing up with his machine gun and I'm like great. Um and so speaking of like the this the arc of either you know success or settling into things, I kind of think my feeling with Hawkeye, I wasn't totally on board with him until Age of Ultron. Well I think that's a, a great comment because uh, you know unless you were a fan of hawkeye from the comics uh you know you probably didn't have a whole sense as to who this character was and so far in this franchise we've seen him once briefly in thor when he is uh you know he shows up to possibly take out thor when thor is threatening the uh the the hamster the the hamster tunnels as i like to call them and <laughs> yeah. uh and then that's it and then he stands down that's all we get of him there and then he starts this film as immediately being taken over uh, by Loki and becomes one of the bad guys. So to your point, and I mean, you know, Jeremy Renner has effectively said as much that, you know, he wasn't thrilled with how the character was treated. And I think that's certainly fair because it's hard to care about him up to this point in this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you hit it on the head. I mean, this is obviously a bazillion dollar problem because this movie didn't need help. but that did always feel like just a lit. There was like maybe some other way to just give us an introduction of who Clint is before he gets turned. Cause all we really know is he hangs out up high and stares at stuff. 
Like that's <laughs> all it is. And if it just had been like a little more there, I think, I think that would have put this, like I say, not made this movie more successful, but maybe, maybe helped his character just a bit more. I think the, the, the thing with Hawkeye is it's a Jeremy Renner thing that I feel like I have an actor crush on Jeremy Renner. And so <laughs> it doesn't kind of matter what he did as Hawkeye in this movie, because I totally see your point. Like, why do we necessarily care about him? He comes in and he's just doing his thing and then he's mind controlled. And that's how he is for most of the movie. And we don't really get any redemptive arc all the way until Ultron when he's in the little hut with, uh, uh, what's her name? The Scarlet Witch saying, look, I'm a dude with bows and arrows. Nobody knows why we're yeah. here, right? That whole sequence, which was awesome. That's the line that turns Jeremy Renner into full on Hawkeye. I like him here because he has credibility from other stuff outside of of uh the avengers and i think that may be sure uh like he's able to ride on those particular coattails for a very long speaking time. to the casting again yeah same thing yeah yeah that like you have what i had to go off what of was the hurt locker i'm like well if it's that guy i guess it's all right there you go <laughs> you know it's like, i mean yeah, I can. yeah. I'll, I'll give him more time than some other unknown right right yeah. What perhaps would have helped, and and again, we've we've kind of played some rewrite games with that opening, uh, as far as Loki's voyage to you know to Earth and all that sort of stuff. But perhaps also that whole opening could have been helped if Hawkeye was working with Fury and Hill and Coulson, trying to stop Loki as Loki was escaping with the Tesseract, and then just as they're kind of escaping. Uh, and Hawkeye stops him and, and, you know, he could actually have used his arrows even in that opening sequence for Pete's sake. And then suddenly right at the end, as he stops Loki and gets the Tesseract, that's when Loki touches him with the scepter, takes him over, and then the two of them flee. But then we would have actually had, had some of the, him in that opening. There might be some downside to it, but I really can't think of one. That would have been it because you have literally one of the Avengers there. I know you haven't said it yet, but he's right there. So you should probably use him it it makes sense in the scheme of things that loki you know like if you were planning this out yeah you would want to take out the strongest person first but he doesn't know that why would he know that yeah all he says is you have heart and so he takes him but it's like yeah, how does he, does he know why he is he the one heart. that he has heart there right. was this other other agent that got up three guys. times <laughs> that and kept fighting like that guy had more heart than hawkeye showed so yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever yeah, there's a little cut scene of a guy going, hey, yeah. well, what about me? And it's taken a few minutes for me to understand this other problem that I have with the way Hawkeye is handled. But let's not forget that we're entering the building the team form or portion of this movie. Hawkeye is never built into the team. He's never officially <laughs> recruited. He's just there. His brain is taken over. He gets hit on the head real, real hard. And then he's presumptively an Avenger. Like, does anybody want him there? Does does anybody cap? Pete, does they really Pete. care that he's there? So Pete, you're forgetting he's already level seven. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> All right. Well, that's where this minute ends. So we'll uh, finish out this sequence and start our next one uh, on Monday with minute sixteen. And Philip will be joining us again, so we'll get one more chance to chat chat with Philip. So Philip, once again, tell everybody about your books and where they can track them down. Yeah, uh, my mystery novels, um, uh, the Psychic Barber Mysteries, are available everywhere. They're about a woman who uh, cuts hair uh, by day but has secret psychic abilities that she normally uses in her job to 
touch the back of people's heads and see the perfect hairstyles they want, but occasionally touches the heads of some people and sees crimes or murdered bodies, and she's compelled to solve them. So please look those up. So good. Uh, you can find my website, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Did you ever see the old um, TV show, Amazing Stories? Yes. Has anyone brought up to you the Amazing Fallsworth episode with Gregory Hines no. in it? So oh. he is a magician, uh, and he's performing, and but he actually has psychic powers, and uh, and he touches people, and then he can, it, you know, it's it's magician tricks, but because he has psychic powers, it makes it very easy for him. But in context of the show, he actually touches somebody who had just strangled somebody, and so then suddenly now uh-huh. now uh, you know this person is aware of who he is, and he knows who they are, and it's a whole thing. It's a very fun episode, but well, only I, I'll have to check it out, but only because you mentioned it. I've been asked, like, how did you think of this story idea? And it honestly happened while I was getting my haircut. And I just didn't, I didn't feel like talking. And I thought it would be great if this person could just download my images, you know, just say, say what it is. And then I thought, if they were psychic, I hope I'm not thinking of something embarrassing or gross or weird. And then I thought, if this person was psychic, what if they touched the head of a murderer? And yeah. so I'll, I'll definitely check that out. That's, that's, that's interesting. Awesome funny funny <laughs> well check out the links in the show notes everybody uh, we'll have them there and we'll be back on monday like i said to talk about minute 16 so pete thanks as always maybe she's coming to my house andy <laughs> <laughs> until next time true believers <laughs> Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.